I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. 45 to win the game! He's got it! Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Inside Fantasy Sports Podcast. Hello, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you are listening to us. This is the Inside Fantasy Sports Podcast with your host, Rob Kennedy, the Super Coach Hawk, and my good friend, Mickey Dell, the big horse, as we wrap up all things round 22. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Not a bad week for footy. Uh, we haven't gotten to the end of the GWS uh, Port Adelaide game, but that looks like a bit of a one-sided show there. But a couple of interesting results for me, headlined by Carlton, controversially getting over the line against Melbourne. The new, uh, the new hand of God is what I'm hearing. That's the, uh, that's the phrase on the town. Uh, what, what's your take? I mean, for me, it looks like the process was fine, but what's your take? It was a goal. Didn't look like it was touched at all. So, yeah, I think the AFL need to look into that. Maybe get a snicko into the ball or something. I don't know. But when you look at the different angles and it just didn't marry up. So pretty ordinary for Melbourne to lose that way. But, again, you've got to look at the whole game, not just one isolated incident or – um, period of play that is going to cost you the game. So they'll learn from that. So we agree, though, process was correct, although technology just needs to get better. Yes. Yeah. Yep, I think so. And more on that, but uh, Grundy and Gorn. Grundy comes in, they lose. Yeah. Tom McDonald looks like he's probably sealing up that forward spot, I think, for the Ds. But they've, uh, I think a few teams are going to have some questions. We're going to go over it as we get to the pointy end of the season. Form going into finals, as we know, is extremely important. And uh, and, and we'll obviously touch on Supercoach, and there's some uh, some killers. I feel like I've lost the unlosable game against your mob with uh, Tom Libertore getting my C, 
Can't believe he got the tag for McGuinness just being amazing, but then also getting knocked out. And we will get to that game because my boys obviously had a fantastic win. There's a lot to be excited mm. about. But let's jump right to the start. Uh, we kicked off Friday night with Collingwood versus Geelong, a Collingwood without Nick Dacos. And uh, they found a way to get up uh, 109 to 101, albeit Jeremy Cameron kicking seven. Uh, we did see a Dacos sit right up the top of the end of the Supercoach scores, this time, of course, being Josh with a 138, Scotty Pendlebury with a 111, Tom Mitchell getting back into that mid uh, midfield full-time with a 103. Um, Dangerfield back at a little bit of Dangerfield doing his best at 125, Tommy Atkins. You called that one at the start of the season with a 122. And as I said, Jeremy Cameron with seven goals, but only getting a 114. What did you see from Friday night, mate? Uh, Geelong did not a bad job to start off with getting the ball out the back. So Collingwood play a high press and try and get as many numbers around the ball as they can. Their pinpoint kicking, uh, their handball to kick ratio was really good early on. And then Collingwood just swamped them. Uh, their inability to pull off the game plan for four quarters is what cost them. And uh, they just they kept going middle, 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 which was great until Collingwood switched on and flooded their middle, or middle of the ground, sorry, and Geelong just had nothing. So I think that eight-point difference at the end sort of, yeah, did Geelong a little bit of a favour because it felt like it was more than that. So I'm going to give you three headlines. Tell me which one's the most important. Collingwood get it done without Nick Dacos. Geelong look like they are old, slow, and the wheels are about to drop off. Mm-hmm. Darcy Moore does a hamstring. I think all of them to a point are relevant. Um, I think Darcy Moore and the hamstring, given his previous history, he, he's vital to their back six. And... Yeah, Frampton, Murphy, and the likes did a really good job. They kept Howe forward, which I really liked. But, yeah, he, he's got to be healthy for them to win a flag. So I reckon that's the headline out of that game. Yeah, they've come out and said it's a low strain, so uh, low grade, I should say, which they're declaring it as only being two weeks, which means he's back to the finals and feeling good. I don't know. Like, he knows his body. I wonder whether they're just trying to save grace at the moment and that takes them out of the headlines if you declare it anymore. But, look, they were very precautionary. He pulled up on it, but he pulled up strong taking off a little bit. He looked like he couldn't move too much. So it's definitely one that everyone's going to be watching. Um, as as he said, I think he's probably their most valuable player um, and probably the most important to them getting a flag as their uh, a possible premiership captain. Yeah, I think so. Yep. We move on um, to the next game as we move into uh, Saturday, which was your mob taking on North Melbourne. If we're going to chat about headlines. Are the Essendon Bombers headline, the Bombers canter into the final? And are they relevant if they make it? No. And no. Now we played GWS and Collingwood the last two rounds. I think we've got to win both games to make finals, and I don't think we're beating Collingwood. GWS maybe because they're putting up a bit of a shit show against Port Adelaide at the moment. But we beat West Coast barely. We've only just knocked over North. I really don't like the way we're playing at the moment. And I probably would have been happier in hindsight if we lost both those games and got a better draft pick because the more we go along, the more that four or five of these kids that are coming through are all being spoken about as top one or two picks. Yeah. After seeing the Bulldogs lose, that game, you say Bombers versus GWS becomes a massive game, especially if, as we see GWS going down today, Bulldogs on 44, GWS on 44, the Bombers on 44. It's going to be a huge game. Uh, The old cliche, Mm -hmm. eight-point game. 
From a super coach standpoint, um, Harry Sheasel with a 135, LDU with a 125, Ben Cunnington in his last game with a 95, uh, Zebel on his farewell tour uh, getting a uh, 90, uh, Nick Martin with a 137, Darcy Parrish with a 122, and Zach Merritt with a 96. Thoughts? I'm glad I held on to Sheasel. Really good. LDU coming good at the end of the year. Absolutely. Uh, good to see Cunnington have, have one last real crack and kick a couple of goals. And you can see how loved he is down there. I wouldn't be surprised if, yes, he's saying he's going home to the farm down Warrnambool Way, but I, I reckon you'll find that North Melbourne will find a way to get him in into some sort of mentoring or leadership role around the club, given how well he's liked. Parrish, 33 touches, 122 points. For me, that's really irrelevant. Didn't really do much with the ball. Martin was a standout, 137 points. Merritt, 96, bit quieter. He was being followed by Paul Curtis for most of that game. But for me, Nick Bryan was probably, he, he looked impressive. Like, he didn't get a lot of the ball. He only had seven touches, four marks and ten hitouts. But he's starting to find his feet a little bit at AFL level. And I, I'm glad that they're giving him a little bit of a run to see whether he's worth long-term investment or not. Uh, fantastic. We um, we move on to uh, Sydney versus Gold Coast, and Sydney are on the rise um, and looking to make uh, going in again with form into the finals as they push into that area. The post Buddy Franklin era, getting a one fourteen to ninety win against Gold Coast. We saw Took Miller go to Errol Goulden, as we mentioned mm-hmm. on our uh, our Friday live. Um, and did a reasonably good job as well. I mean, albeit from a super coach standpoint, Goulden had a 90, but he definitely nullified his impact in this game. Uh, Blakey with a 123, Rowbottom with a 123, Haywood with a 119, McLean with a 108, Papley with a 105, and Heaney with a 102. So starting to hear a few different names for Sydney, which I think is probably Sydney's greatest strength. Um, from a Gold Coast standpoint, Matty Rao with a 119, Ellis with a 114, and Noah Anderson with a 103. Yeah, that's just put a nail in Gold Coast chances for finals this year. Two games left. Let's see what they do here. See who they're going to play. Who see who they're going to blood uh, for Sydney? Yeah, they're they're on a bit of a run now. They've got so many assets there. They can go either way. And quite frankly, I know I use Franklin and Franklin, but quite frankly, Sydney look more dangerous without Franklin in their side. If you ask me. Yeah, we've talked about that multiple times, and I think you're spot on. They lower the eyes. There's different options. You're unsure mm-hmm. which way they're going to go. And um, and look, I think their forwards down there are, are definitely good enough to to do the job. Your Amartys, your, um, your McDonald's, um, your McLean's, and your Haywoods. So there's a lot of options for them and what they're trying to produce down there for sure. Mate, looking forward to the draft. Now, I'm hearing a lot of rumors. I can't help but look forward to see where these teams are going to go. Gold Coast are set for a huge draft this year. They have three academy players that all look pipped to go top 10, one of them being a key forward, two of them being midfielders. Is there such a thing as having too many midfielders in your team? Because when I hear that, they're already stacked with midfielders. Is that what they need, or are they going to start making a couple of moves this offseason? Yeah, I would be surprised if they start making moves now. Like their team as it is, yes, it's starting to firm up as a as a nice team, but Ultimately, it's not going to win them a flag. So when you're looking at the likes of uh, Jed Anderson and these guys who are going to move on, you've got to have depth. Like we see Collingwood, we see Geelong, they've had depth for a long time. Richmond, they've had depth for a very long time. Melbourne, uh, Brisbane to an extent as well. The people that come in do the job and do the job well. 
Whereas for Gold Coast, they're 22, 24 top-tier players, really nice, but they fall away quite quickly. So I'm all for exploring what they can bring in the draft. They've got three really nice kids now, and I believe that if they lose out now and get a top-four pick with the Bows trade that they made last year and getting rid of their first rounder and clearing up space and the extra picks that they picked up, they're going to have enough to be able to claim all three through the academy system. So very well played by Gold Coast. And yeah, this is next year is going to be the time where they start to roll. And I thought this year would be finals, but I think you'll see them give it, give it a serious tilt next year. I think it's going to bring the academy question back to the uh, the forefront of uh, people's minds and on the tongues of journalists and whether it's actually fulfilling what it needs to do or mm-hmm. is it favouring too many sides too much. I think the other show that we talked about was, um, and it will be dropping on Monday, um, our Resign, Relocate, Retire podcast, our part one. We talked about Sam Flanders possibly on the move. And I think that gives them another option to pick up a draft pick or to pick up something that they might be looking for because his value is nice and high. So if they do pick up those midfielders, uh, maybe Sam Flanders is on the relocation, like yep. we mentioned in that podcast. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's why they're playing him there now, to increase his value. And uh, they'll try and get him you know, a first-round pick back if that's what they choose to do. Don't want to talk too much about Gold Coast. So we do want to move on and get through this pod. But one thing I did notice in this game that I really liked was Sam Day being back in the side and playing. Mm-hmm. And what it did, it pushed Lukosius a little bit further up the ground. And what we saw from that was Lukosius actually starting to be that one who's kicking inside 50 now rather than just rebounding out. And I think that's something that they might look to for the future and possibly so. keep Sam Day for, uh, for one more year. Yep, good idea. We move on to Brisbane v Adelaide. I'll tell you what, Adelaide came out with a bit of a fire at the start and put a bit of scare through Brisbane up at the Gabba. Brisbane found a way to get the job done, 99 to 93, albeit Adelaide having 28 scoring shots to Brisbane's 24. Huma Cluggage with a 133, Harris Andrews with a 108, uh, Lockie Neal with an 88, Dunkley quite quiet with a 62. From an Adelaide standpoint, Matt Crouch with a 122, Rory Laird with a 121, Jordan Dawson with a 111, and Hinch keeps finding the tons at the moment with a 100 even for himself. I really hope Adelaide make the finals because they can put the scare through a few teams when they are on, but Brisbane at the Gabba, get the job done. Yeah, I didn't see much of the game, but this is a lot closer looking at the results um, than what I was expecting. Brisbane up there, we know how tough they are to beat up there. So for Adelaide to give it a real shake and come within a goal, real testament to them, well done. So I'm looking through the stats. Rory Laird had his 34. Matt Crouch had his 33. Mm. Uh, Wayne Miller with a with a 28. So, yeah, <laughs> they're a dangerous side when they get a run on. I think if they find a way to sneak in, I did have the ladder up here just before. Um, you know, I think they're starting to get a little bit too far away now. They're a game out of the eight, but they do have a decent percentage. Uh, without having a look at who they play next, um, they're one that could still put a shake on and uh, and push in. So we'll see. Now, you've heard it here first, but there Ooh. are some sneaky, sneaky rumours getting around that former number one pick, Cam Rayner, maybe on the move back to Melbourne next year. Watch this space. Wow. You hear it here first on Insight Fantasy Sport AFL podcast brought to you by the Standard Squeeze. Uh, we move on to Carlton versus Melbourne, the game that you talked about with a little bit of controversy to finish it off with Petrarca's kick late in the game. Um, 
The lid is certainly off for Carlton. I think that's eight in a row for them now. Um, Georgie Hewitt with a 142. Saad with a 132. Newman finding the football with 118. Mm. Again, Paddy Cripps with a 116. And Brody Kemp has been a bit of a revelation this year with awesome. 106. Um, Brayshaw with a 131. Clayton Oliver back in the side. Found his football straight away with a 128. Petrarca with a 107. Rivers with a 101. And Jack Viney with a 100. Gorn dropping down to an 84 with Brody Grundy back in the side. Big horse? Yeah, I don't like Grundy being in this side. It just it limits him a little bit. And the commentators were going on about how Grundy going into the ruck and then Gorn being behind the ball. Yeah, that sounds good in theory, but wouldn't you rather have your best ruckman in Gorn tapping it down to your small forwards to try and kick goals instead of playing that defensively? So the, the sooner Grundy makes his way out of Melbourne, the better. For Carlton, it, it was it was a pretty shit game to to watch from a skills point of view. To be honest, it was quite close the whole way. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. But yeah, lucky to get the win. Good to see Paddy Dow getting some of the ball and actually getting a crack now. Yeah, Paddy Dow with his 20 touches. It was nice to see Sam Doherty, but it's Nick Newman that's just finding the footy now. 33 disposals, 27 of them being kicks, um, 84% time on the ground. Um, yeah, he's just finding the footy again. He, he, what are you seeing from Nick Newman? Is it, I mean, Adam Sard still found his ball. He had 25 disposals and 19 kicks. Is it that nice? to have second option coming out of defence rather than being so one-minded to uh, to it being Adam Saad. 100% it is, yep. Uh, one that I will get you to cast your eyes to for next year because this guy's also been rumoured to be on the move, but Fisher. Yeah, mm. 24 touches, 14 kicks, 10 handballs, uh, one free against, one tackle, only 53 supercoach points but 24 touches. If he moves to a side where they use him off a halfback flank, he'll be cheap and really nice. He's a he's just sort of Liam Baker, Daniel Rioli type that he's, can go halfback, wing, half forward. Um, I've always been a big fan of Zach Fisher. I think he's kind of possibly lost his way a little bit or what's his position with Carlton just improving, as you do. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's not a bad shout for somebody that still has some good value and, and can find a role at a different team. Yep. Uh, we move on to the Western Derby, which um, for everybody took a little bit of the backseat absolutely for the Matildas after their epic, epic quarterfinal win mm-hmm. for anyone who watched it. Uh, things must have been tied at Optus Stadium. They had it on the big screens. They had a memorial, sadly, for the, the policeman who lost his life. 
and then had to get on to starting the game at 6.10. There would have been some very tight moments between what they were going to do, and I'm pretty sure they weren't going to switch off the Matildas, and they're definitely not going to be stopping uh, a memorial at all. So it would have been very tight no. there at Optus Stadium. Um, I tell you what, those were the two big walk-ins to a game that was an absolute stinker. West Coast getting away with two goals, and I think Fremantle kicked the next 17 straight to win by 101 points. Your mate, Alex Witherden, without a Shannon Hearn, finds a way to get 133, albeit an 101-point loss. Um, Yeah, that's the only ton for West Coast, mate. Schultz getting the medal with, uh, I think, five goals, three and 24 disposals, 135 super coach points. He did tie on the votes with Luke Jackson, who got a 124, um, albeit winning it on the countback. Um, Young into the midfield, I think, is a massive talking point with a 118. Clark with a 114. Cox with a 108. And Andy Brayshaw with a 102. Not much to say, but, uh, yeah, Fremantle doing what they needed to do. Yeah, I didn't see any of it. And looks like I missed absolutely nothing. (laughs) There's a lot of talk coming out of Fremantle, mate. So you hear it here first. We've dropped one about uh, uh, Cam Rayner. There's a lot of talk now around... uh, uh, Sean Darcy actually being looked at for a possible wow. move. Freeman are wondering whether they need to bite the bullet, take a chance, um, and get some value whilst they can. He's got one year left on his contract. The last thing you want to do is hold on to him and then and then lose him for basically nothing. I think the word on the cards is around um, a first rounder and a future first is what they might be looking for. Um, what do you think about that? I think when you look at most sides. You've got to take the risk with one ruck, and I think they're a better team with, with well, maybe not a better team, but they can afford to have Jackson in and try and get some value for Darcy. I think it adds to their ability in and around the ball. So once with with Darcy, sorry, I'll compare the two. With Darcy, he's a big lump of a lad. He, he's good to use his body to get hitouts to advantage, which is all well and good, which Jackson does as well. But Jackson's game can also be played at ground level as well. He's really good below his knees. And he can find the ball around the ground, whereas Darcy is a little bit hit and miss with that. So I think that would be a great move. Get a first round, get an extra pick or get an extra player in, potentially a key back, I reckon, or a big-bodied midfielder to help out Sarong and Brayshaw, and that would set up their team really nicely. And look, if it does go to Geelong, and all the word is Geelong is the ones on the on the table that are looking to sort of grab him, where Geelong's sitting on the ladder now, that could be pick seven, pick eight. It's not a bad pick and a future first with a team that's, you know, let's be honest, they're getting a bit older and the, the wheels are starting to fall off the wagon. Um, that's not a bad pick. It also works well for Geelong. He's only 25. I know he looks a lot older than that and he sort of, you know, lumbers around, but he's a quality ruck that makes their side better. Um, and I think it's a move that might work for everyone. You've sometimes got to take those risks and make the right balance for your team. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest upsets, um, no doubt, this weekend, Hawthorne versus the Western Bulldogs getting the job done. The Hawks out in Tassie, 67-64. to 64. Uh, From a super coach perspective, well, let's hit the – no, I'll go super coach perspective. From a super coach perspective first, John Newcomb with a huge 174. Carl Amon with a 133. Uh, Dylan Moore with a 120, Warple with a 113, Cozzy with a 110, and Will Day with a 98. Timmy English with a 143, Bonson Pally with a 115. 
Um, but as we said off the top of the show, the big news is one first Finn McGuinness doing an absolute job on Tomlin Vittore. He couldn't buy a disposal. And we're talking about somebody who is in complete All-Australian form. And then unfortunately, uh, accidental head on knee um, contact, which knocked him out and they subbed him out straight away. Did you get your eyes on this game at all, mate? Yeah, yeah. And I, I can proudly say that I tipped Hawthorne in this. We brought it up on the podcast last week that Hawthorne have a 77 percent win rate in Tassie and sometimes it is just horses for courses so on that basis tipped Hawthorne they just got over the line pretty lucky in the end if you ask me but a win's a win they've really got nothing to lose by winning they don't go up by losing they don't go down so nice win by them and I think you've just gotten a peek into the future with the likes of Newcomb, Moore, Warple, Day, these sorts of guys, Nash running around in the midfield, Connor McDonald, Harley Art. Uh, What's his name? Harry Morrison, sorry. Like, this is a sneaky, nice team. And then you've got Weddle bursting off the back flank. Uh, Josh Ward, he looks nice as well. Be a nice team in a couple of years' time. It's not a bad team, then. i tell you what. For everyone declaring them to win the spoon, to knock off the Magpies, the Lions, and now the Bulldogs, been in a few games, won a few games. Um, Sam Mitchell's come out very openly and said this is the squad he wants to work with. He's not trying to make any drastic changes or things like that. This is the group, and he's happy with how they're developing. A couple of headlines. I'll give you the two headlines for me. One, yep. Jai Newcomb, best midseason draft pickup of all time. Two, Beveridge. Doesn't coach, uh, doesn't coach Western Bulldogs next season. That first one. Yeah, Newcomb is, yeah, he, he's the best mid-season pickup. Yes. Albeit Marlon Pickett won a premiership, but that's a different game. This guy is becoming a bona fide gun. Like he Mar- is Mar- Yeah. I, I agree with you. Marlon Pickett walked into a really nice side, played his first game grand final day. That's awesome. But what has he done since then? Not a great deal. For Jai Newcomb to come in as a mid-season rookie and now to be pretty much the head of that midfield at Hawthorne, that that speaks volumes of the type of player that he is. I think it goes without saying, and look, you can't really judge this one too much when uh, the next comment that I'm about to make because not too many teams tag anymore. So I think it goes without saying that Finn McGuinness is the best tagger in the game right now. But what's he got to keep doing or is he on the trend to being in the conversations with the likes of Ryan Crowley, Brett Kirk? Is he is he on that trend or is he just a good tagger? He's very good. He's he's the best in the AFL right now, but needs to clean up his disposal efficiency to take that next level. Good shout. Love that. Um, before before we move on, so Hawthorne have beaten Brisbane, Collingwood, Western Bulldogs but haven't beat Essendon. Let's move on. <laughs> I've got the, do I have the ability to mute you, Mike? I don't know if I do. I think, I think, I think we've got you. I think I used to have that capacity, but we've got dual controls now, I think. So bloody, bloody, bloody technology gets in the way of a good, yeah, a good skill. Doesn't it? <laughs> uh, well played. Well played, sir. You can mark that one down. Very good. Uh, St Kilda versus Richmond uh, out at Marvel. The trend continues for Richmond at Marvel where they just can't find a way to win a game out there. Um it's definitely pack up, put the ice bags on, and let's get ready mm-hmm. for uh, for next season. St Kilda with a 93-57 a win over Richmond. Rowan Marshall with a 146. Seb Ross with a 119. Sinclair with a 115. Gresham with a 110. Wilkie with a 103. Max King with a 94. 
five. I didn't see how many he ended up with. He ended up with six. I know he had six at half time. So um, yep. obviously just sort of got a bit quieter in the second half. Job was done. Uh, from a Richmond standpoint, Nankervis with 110, Short with a 109, Shy Bolton a bit more midfield time with a 95. Give me your super coach yeah. response to this, but then give me your response of where does Richmond go from here? They're looking for a new coach. I don't, I don't think Mitty will be coaching them next year. Started off well, but they've petered off in the last couple of weeks. From a super coach point of view, and even from an AFL gameplay point of view, St Kilda had this wrapped up early. They were far, far better than Richmond. Watch this game from start to finish. Richmond never really had a shot at this. What do Richmond need to do? We all know Tom Lynch will come back in this side. I think there's a good vibe that um, you know Jack Rewalt's probably going to retire. I think he's. I personally think he's let um, he's let Cochin have his moment, and then and then Rewalt will be the next to announce it as well. There's big rumours that um, Dusty Martin's going to go up with Dimmer to the Gold Coast. What mm-hmm. does Richmond need to do? Is it a rebuild, or are there some pieces that they can add to this team? Let's classify that Tom Lynch is a piece that adds to this team. He's hardly played all season to be relevant again. I don't think they need to do a complete rebuild, remembering that you've still got Jacob Hopper to come back in and Tom Lynch and these sorts of players. Um, Probably a couple of key backs, I reckon. That young looks nice, but he's not your key defender. Uh, Grimes will be on his way out shortly too. He looked a little bit off it today. So... They're probably four or five players away from competing now. But, yeah, Rewalt. Personally, for me, if I was an AFL coach, you'd you'd look at this list and go, right, we're not in the top four teams anymore. Which players here are going to be part of our next premiership tilt and which aren't? So your likes of Rewalt, who else going through the list? Martin probably won't be either. Well, Cochin's gone now. So do you start to sort of filter these guys out? Even... I know he's the captain of the footy club, but do you just give Soldo the keys for the last couple of games of the year and nank rest yourself, see what he can do and maybe boost his value for trade time? Yep. No, good shout, mate. Uh, I'm going to move things along because we've got to let the NRL boys in the studio mm. soon to do their live and their wrap-up. Um, but I'm going to bring up the – we're only about seven minutes into the last quarter of Port Adelaide versus GWS. Uh, Port Adelaide are thumping them by nearly 10 goals. Uh, Zach Butters is already sitting up with a 119. Connor Rosie with a 115. Dan Houston having one of his better years from a super coach and AFL standpoint with a 112. Bergman with a 108. Ollie Wines, two, two, with a 104. And Burn Jones with a 102. Uh, no one at the tons for GWS, but Briggs is on a 95. And Tom Green with a 94. That's, yeah, that's just been updated. Green, 102. Briggs, 101. Beautiful. There we go. I'm telling you now, Tom Green and John Newcomb are probably two of the first picked in my side next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they look awesome. Green and Newcomb, their their ability to to find the footy. And not so much, Newcomb's kicking is better than Tom Green's. That's what sets him apart from him. But if Green can add a little bit of kicking, a little bit of polish to his game outside and not just rely on his inside game, he'll be a top 10 footballer in the AFL. Beautiful. Mate, any final words from you before we wrap up the show? No, just just for our viewers again, Standard Squeeze, brilliant product. Jump on the website. Father's Day is coming up shortly. Inside 15, 15% off. I know for me, these are fantastic and I'd love one being a dad. So 
Treat your dads to a four-in-one or some standard squeeze products. They're fantastic. And also, stay tuned for our part two to our re-sign, relocate, or retire. We'll be going through teams. Where, where are we at? North Melbourne through to West Coast or Western Bulldogs. Yep, absolutely. Well said, mate. Mm. Absolutely. And if you're following us on Twitter or X, should I call it, um, make sure we've got a discord and we've put a link out for people to join our discord and jump in general chat trade information there's that link out there that people can come and join in the chat with us and uh and be a part of some expert chat through our uh, inside fantasy podcast network um so look out for that get involved if you love to have a chat you love a little bit of bants and you love a little bit of expertise it's a different way for us to communicate with each other as we go through but, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. That's round 22 wrapped up for the AFL. We're really moving to the pointy end of the season now. Until next time, this has been the Insight Fantasy Sport Podcast. Peace out. See ya. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 